Oh, baby, I'm glad to have my brother back on. Mr. Jeff Cohn, what it do? Let's go. Super excited to be here, Matt. I'm appreciative. Um, always love to be in your world. So thank you for bringing me on. Dude, don't, don't act all like, you know, anytime I meet somebody new on a podcast and you kind of have a little level of professionalism, you you and I are way past that. We've we've traveled to the the depths of Vietnam together. We have been to real estate investing conferences. We've been all over uh, together. And you're somebody that I consider uh, a friend, a mentor, family. Uh, you're somebody that always brings so much value to everybody. So just get rid of all this professionalism on the podcast. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, you know, I feel the same about you too. And we have, we've been through some stuff, so I'm excited. And, you know, my number one goal, and this isn't just being professional, it's how I actually feel and how, where my heart is, is every time I get on a podcast, either host my own or I'm invited to be somewhere else or a speaking engagement or anything for that matter, I want to be able to bring value. And I want to be able to give someone one thing that if they implemented it today, it would make a massive change for their life. So I hope I can offer your audience something of value today. No doubt. Well, for those that don't know Jeff, Jeff is, and obviously you heard a little bit of his bio before the show kicked off, but Jeff is somebody that has anything he does, he does big. And you have obviously amassed great success and wealth and real estate, real estate investing systems, you know, all the stuff that you do because you have a variety of businesses. So I know we'll talk about many of those. We'll tap into many of those. Um, but selfishly, what's what's going down in your world? What are you doing these days? What are you fired up about? What's new in the world of Jeff Cohn and all your real estate businesses, especially coming out of what seemed like a total shit show last year for everybody in the real estate industry? Yeah, it's been a wild ride, Matt. Um, you know, someone asked, how are you or how are you doing? I know there's been a lot of books on communicating at a high level of speaking someone's name, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends, Influence People, Matt. Uh, people love to hear their name. And so I like when someone asks me, what do you do whenever I'm at a conference? So you kind of just ask what's been going on. I always will change the subject from anything business related, which is really what I think someone's trying to get at because they want to size you up. Who is this person and how am I going to offer value in their world? That's what they're wondering. And I'll talk about something that I love at the time. So right now I'll bring up the British Virgin Islands. I uh, just got back from a seven-day sailing trip in preparation for going on a 10-day sailing trip over spring break with my kids. Um, I got certified, ACES certified. It's the like American Association of Sailing um, and got certified to rent like a 50-foot cat, like those 50-foot catamarans or big monohull sailboats and sail them around the Virgin Islands or anywhere in the world for that matter. So super fun. It's like fills my soul. It's always been part of my bucket list. And um, I went in 2016 with two couples and we rented a boat and had a chef and hired a, a captain. And I was like, at that time, I was like, you know, my biggest goal will be to one day own one of these boats. And in that process, you have to get the licensing to be a skipper. A captain gets paid. A skipper just rents the boat and doesn't get paid. So I'm currently at skipper status. I will one day be at own my own boat status. And I have no desire of people paying me. I'd rather pay them to just come have fun with me for the weekend. So that's what I've been doing in my personal life. Dude, sign me up. Hey, I'm I'm not going to lie. I can't wait to see the day that you have a boat and are dressed like a skipper. And there better, there's going to be some good photos because here's one thing that I love about you too. And we talk about it all the time. You're more confident in your body than almost any human being that I know. So I can only imagine you on a boat just letting it all oh, hang. And there's there's a clothing optional. Sexy. Depending on who's there. <laughs> No, I'm a big guy. I'm a, I'm pushing over 300 right now. Bald, boy. rocking the facial hair, but 
I can't compete with Matt's amazing abs, but I have a very comfortable body and I feel like people are comfortable around me. So I like Dude. to spread that feeling when I'm with people. I think this is, well, it's honestly one of your most, I don't want to say like endearing, but it's, it's one of your most likable qualities is just how authentic and confident you are as Jeff Cohn. Where did that confidence come from? Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast that's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial let linkedin sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started probably my upbringing my parents always were super loving and always told me you know, I'd be successful and they always rooted me on and always had my back. Um, I come from middle class. I didn't, you know, no one handed me a big trust fund that I got to take from a hundred million to a billion or anything like that. But I was instilled in like the Midwestern values of working hard. And my dad is super smart. Um, he's book smart and a hard worker. And so I got a lot of great lessons. I'd say he probably leans towards the poor dad. Sorry, dad, if you're watching, but he leans towards poor dad. And I grew up around uncles that were rich dad. They owned their own businesses and they used leverage. And so that really motivated me to get to where I am now. I am reminded of a story where I did have a shirt off and we were in a cave in Vietnam and we found this really curious spot that had, for a lack of better terms, a mudslide. Because I don't think there was water going down like a water slide, but you could slide down this thing. It felt like we were in the movie Goonies. Yeah. We spent two days in a cave. And so all the guys went first. You had a 160 pounder go, 180 pounder <laughs> Maddie jumped down. 200 pounder. And they're like, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. And I'm like thinking, I'm probably not even going to be able to go down this thing. Like, like I'm going to get stuck. I think I went three times faster than anybody oh. else and flew into the whole crew. Like you guys were pins on a bowling alley. Do you dude, remember this? Dude, I didn't think about that ever until you just brought this up 30 seconds ago. And all I envision is Gravity is real, y'all. Like, if the heavier you're going down the hill and this fool just took everyone out like a bowling ball. It was so good. But that was, and, I, and that's just one of the things that I think, you know, for most people, one of the most likable qualities um, is when somebody's confident, but humble and kind and, and you're all of those things. And, how is that tied into your career in 
Because yeah. like, I know people also respect you and they don't, you know, necessarily, uh, you know, play games when you're in business mode. Like I've seen you in fun Jeff mode. I've seen you in business killer mode too. Like talk yeah. about the duality of those two worlds and yeah. how you tap. Just like anyone you, you painted me as a quite the nice, wonderful, amazing person. And I do strive to become the best that I can be. Um, I won't say to the point that it drives me crazy and I can't sleep at night, but I am very self-aware, which self-awareness I think is the number one trait that all of us need to be cognizant of, be aware of, to be mm -hmm. able to become better so that we know where our weaknesses are and where we know where we need to improve. I always wanted to be popular. You know, most people would. I'm a 90-90-99-I, so I always want to be liked. I would say I was very popular in high school. People liked me, but I wanted to be popular for all the wrong reasons. And I wanted to do well and have everyone think I was amazing for all the wrong reasons. Um, and as I became a man and started to understand what the meaning of life is and what life's all about and continue to learn and try to rediscover myself every day, I've recognized that life's too short. And I feel like people play at such a small level because they think that this, is, this existence is forever. But we know it's not. It's not forever. Today, the life could end. So I take my shirt off and I'm a bowling ball in a cave. Or we all go out and play some really aggressive Frisbee football and I rip somebody's leg open. Or I acquire a company, even though I know there's a huge risk. And on the downside, I might lose X amount of dollars. But I live big because I know it's not forever. And I also know that you don't win the game by having the most amount of money in the bank account. You don't win the game by necessarily having the six-pack abs. The journey to acquire success is where you live and play. It's never getting there because there actually is no finish line. That's pretend. Mm -hmm. You're never done. So you might be at the top of a mountain. You can still go higher. There's always, you can always go higher. Um, and I talked, I talked recently about a hike I did. I actually wanted to apply for Guinness Book of World Records because I did Pikes Peak a couple of years ago with a Boy Scout troop. We left at midnight and you summit around noon. It takes about 10 to 12 hours. And I was 320 pounds when I hiked Pikes Peak. And for anyone that's ever been up on a 14er, you take like six steps, you can't breathe. There's no oxygen, especially the bigger you are, there's less, less oxygen. But the thing that's most deflating about Pikes Peak, and I think it's a great metaphor for life, is there's five or six false summits. So you get to the top of the mountain and you go to celebrate and realize, oh my gosh, there's another one and another one and another one. And I would add, you know, I would add, and as a value add, if this is the one thing you take from the podcast, life is a lot of false summits. Mm. So don't think that because even when you get to where you thought, if I owned a, a Porsche, I will have made it. If I have six pack abs, I will have made it. If I can finish 75 hard, I'll have made it. I quit drinking, like people pick all these different things that they'll have made it if they do this one thing. What you will have done is accomplished one false summit, but you'll recognize there's going to be another goal and another summit behind that. And then another one behind that and another one behind that. And I learned a lot of this actually by being part of the GoBundance group and everyone has their hundred bucket list adventures. And I was playing small. Like I thought my stuff was big. I was like, oh, I'm going to own a boat in the you know British Virgin Islands. And I had like five or six cool things. And then we all shared ideas of bigger things. And I'm like, yeah, I, I want to do that too. Like Maddie would throw something out and someone else would throw something out. Like, I want to do that. I want to do that. So I just feel like there's not enough room in life for the egos. Um, if you have ego, it's because you have your own issues that you haven't dealt with yet. Yep. And obviously I still have my issues. Everybody does. But I, I am very intentional about playing it at the highest level. So a great example, I'll share a story and then I'll stop talking and let you ask another question. This is also one of my weaknesses is I like to hear myself. <laughs> just today. The person that manages the building I'm in, and I'm their largest tenant, sent me a scathing text message that our office had left trash in the hallway. And it was a rude text message. It was inappropriate. It was, we, we spend 24,000 a month for this office that we rent. And we're the biggest tenant. 
And our lease is up next summer. And they were very rude to me. And they said, hey, you guys left trash in the hallway. You're not supposed to leave it in the hall. It's supposed to stay in your space. So I got on the company. Someone in my staff got on the company cameras. And it was the cleaning person last night who had left the trash in the hallway. So I had every right to respond in a nasty way. I had every social right. And she deserved it. But I choose a different path. I take the higher path. The higher path was to kill her with kindness. And so I said, Lisa, I totally understand you being very frustrated with me. I apologize for the trash being left in the hallway. Um, it didn't happen to be us this time. Surprising, right? Question mark. Um, I think the cleaning person probably forgot. I'm sure the cleaning person has a million other things on their plate. Please forgive us for previous times. I'm, I'm assuming that's why you thought we had done it. And I sent her off the text and I included a little video snippet of the cleaning person leaving it in the hallway. And I waited about 30 minutes and my phone rang. And of course, she calls me up. Jeff, I'm so, so sorry. I assumed it was you. You're right. I shouldn't have assumed it. Like, that's the way to live life. And yeah. why you live life that way. Someone, I shared this story with our receptionist that I had sent that. And she said, wow, that was really sarcastic. And I didn't mean the nice text to come across sarcastic, but she read it like, wow, that was sarcastic. I was just killing her with kindness. And I said to Beth, I go, Beth, one day you'll be lying in bed and you'll be contemplating your life. And you'll be looking back at every little experience, the bowling ball experience, the mean comment, not showing up at your kid's birthday party. You'll be going through your entire life and you're going to ask yourself, how did I play? Did I show up? Did I sit in the back? Did I not pop my shirt off because I have a fat belly? Did I not speak at an event because I was too embarrassed? I'd look stupid. And you're going to regret every single time and you're going to play it through your mind. And if you ever believe in anything after life of, of hell or heaven, to me, I think hell is recognizing you could have played bigger mm. and having that regret forever. I was listening to, have you heard of Colin O'Brady, the guy who yeah. did uh, Antarctica without a guide and there's all kinds of controversies surrounding him. He just spoke mm -hmm. at a abundance event. Um, but that's literally one of the things that he said. He said, I fear more of not living to my fullest potential every day than I do actually dying. And when you think about how many people are slowly dying and living in their own hell every day, Mind you, with the ability to go and make a difference and to lead a different life, yeah. it's, it's mind-blowing to see how many people rob themselves of that every day, which is why you and I do podcasts, right? You have an amazing yeah. podcast that is to help people elevate to that next level of their life. Why I do the podcast? Why so many people are consistently bringing value? And it, it makes me sad, you know, to think about how many people have that aha on their deathbed, right? And that is ultimately why I love being a part of communities like a GoBundance or like your mastermind or like my mastermind, because there's no room for playing small. We don't have time for that. We know the urgency behind living to the fullest every single day. And we put ourselves in positions as uncomfortable as it is, as painful as it is to grow and to step into those positions. Yeah. I know a lot of people who listen to the show right now are doing that. They're, they're stepping into an uncomfortable position. And there's a lot of stuff that you do and you don't know when you put yourself in those spaces. The journey from six to seven figures and seven to eight figures, all very different. I'm curious from, and you've summited them all, and I know you got another summit that you're moving towards now as well. Yeah. Talk about some of the greatest ahas and things that you learned on your journey to seven figures to start? Yeah, that's a really good one. Thank you. Um, the biggest thing was recognizing that I was always the problem. So Jocko Willink wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. 
Um, and by the way, side note, if you look behind me, I've read all of these books, sometimes more than once. I have a library at my office as well. I've listened to a lot of books. The difference between you and me are the people you meet, the books that you read or listen to, and the podcasts that you listen to. Shameless plug for both of our podcasts. Yeah. So if you want to become a different person, you have to change. That doesn't sound obvious, right? But a lot of people want to become different. They want different results, but they make no changes in their life. So what gets you to where you want to go? Once you get there and realize you want to go further, what gets you further isn't what got you there. So first off is recognizing what gets you further isn't what got you there. And that is a huge lesson. And a lot of people make the mistake and they don't get any change. They keep making, doing the same thing that they did to get to where they are and they can't get better results because they actually have to change again. And that is very defeating for someone that wants to achieve at the highest level to win, 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 win. And to think that to go further, you keep doing the same thing to keep experiencing the same wins, but you actually have to change. And oftentimes the biggest change is the hardest on our egos because it requires us from doing our highest income producing activity and then asking ourselves, what could I do if I fired myself and replaced myself with someone else or fired my role altogether? What new role could I take on to make more money? And so essentially more money and less time with less energy, creating more impact for everyone in our world. And so now you're stepping back into a new role. And that's scary. If you're awesome at the thing you're doing right now, as you listen to this, imagine tomorrow, you can no longer do that activity and you mm. have to 10 extra net income over the next 12 months. What would the next role be that you would take the risk of stepping into? Pause. Now fire yourself today and step into that role and go through the pain. And in 12 months from now, shoot me an email. Mm. There you go. You just 10 extra income. I mean, it truly was that pattern. So my story, as you know, Matt, I, I had a real estate team. I started as an agent. Um, I had an undergrad degree in business. I lived in Brazil for two years as a missionary. I speak fluent Portuguese and Spanish, which is, which is a fun plug from Omaha, not from a family that speaks a foreign language. And I wanted to be very successful. So that was always in my soul. I didn't know what success meant. I just wanted to have freedom. For me, money was always just an energy that gave me the ability to go buy a paintball gun when I was 12 or buy a Nintendo or have things that my friends didn't have because I was always working and slinging and doing what I needed to do. But I also have learned as I've become more mature and turned into a man that money has great impact on everyone that's in your world. You can change other people's lives. And that's my passion. So if I can help serve the people in my world, both my podcast audience, my coaching audience, my agents, my friends, my family, by giving them nuggets and serving them in some capacity to help them live and lead the life of their dreams and check things off their vision boards and get to that false summit to recognize the car they bought, the house they have, the trip they went on was just the beginning. And a light bulb goes off and you're like, when you see a kid go from laying in a bed to crawling and then crawling to walking, walking to running, every one of those events lights you up. And I feel the same way about my success and the successes. Uh, for the people that are around me. So all of this would apply to any industry. And that's what's so cool about your podcast. This doesn't just have to be talking on one specific thing, but I chose to get in the residential real estate world because I did informational interviews in college to try to determine what I wanted to do when I grew up. So at 21, undergrad degree, all this previous experience, owned a bunch of businesses in high school. I was averaging 50 grand a year in high school selling sunglasses on Saturdays on the corners of a bunch of different gas stations. And so I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to you know, control my own destiny. And I'd heard real estate agents make a lot of money. My mom was actually an agent that worked as an admin. And so I got my license in 2006, was the top agent in my company of 600 people my first year. At 22, I lived in a studio apartment and made 100 grand my first year, which was big money back in 2006. 2007, 2008, 2009, I just focused on working smarter, not harder trading less time for money and staying in my highest income producing activities while consuming as much content as I could in books and forums and masterminds, et cetera. 2011, we launched a team. It became the number one team in the world at Berkshire Hathaway called Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group. 
that was our flagship team. Um, we did 750 sides in 2018 for $3.2 million in revenue. And we decided in 2020 to launch a real estate brokerage. Uh, the team had about 20 people. Uh, and it's the fastest growing team in history. It went from 70 to 700 people. Sorry, 70 to 700 sales in six years. And we also converted more internet leads than any other team we know of in history with over 2,500 Google PPC leads converted in 10 years. And then in 2020, we launched a brokerage, fastest growing brokerage in history in Nebraska. We went from about 40 agents when we launched our Keller Williams Market Center to almost 200 agents in two years. And then what you just asked about the bottom falling out, our bottom fell out as well. But thankfully, instead of just focusing on one pillar of income, in 2014, I stopped selling real estate almost 10 years ago now. And I started focusing on ancillary businesses. So I went from increasing profits through sales to building wealth through business verticals. And I built the wealth because I wanted to exit and be able to enjoy freedom. And so our company's mission and vision statement now at Elite Real Estate Systems is to partner with real estate leaders to increase profit, build wealth, and create freedom. And essentially apply and affect this change that we're talking about right now for anybody that chooses to plug into our world. And so today, flash forward of where I came from, where I am, and then where we're going, we launched a platform that partners with real estate brokerages and teams that power them and help them partner in joint ventures in mortgage, title, insurance, and investment services while coaching them, providing accountability, providing platforms like Boomtown as a CRM and a lead gen platform, a back-end operations platform with Monday, and a slew of other benefits and services to help them along the way. Mm. Quite the journey there. When did you start focusing on the wealth creation beyond the increasing profits? And maybe you can talk a little bit about what are some of the ways you guys yeah. increased profits and went from that seven to that eight-figure mark and when you felt it was time to start looking at other things outside of your core focus. Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's the hardest thing. So I was making a lot of money selling, a lot of money for me, uh, about 500 grand a year net as a real estate agent. And I was working 80 hours a week. I would give Sundays to myself and my family, but every other day I would, I was at the whim of what when my clients needed me. And I was trading time for money, which is a job. And I knew how important it was to own a business where I wasn't necessary, maybe five hours a week or less. And so in 2011, that's where I had this aha and wanted to fire myself. And so I set out to build a team so that I could get out of the active role of selling and just focus on helping other people sell. And I had this mathematical belief that if I could get my team to do twice as many deals that I did, and I kept 50% of the revenue, even if they were leads I gave to them from my network, that I would end up making the same amount of money. So the question I'll ask the audience, if you could double your company's production and double the net revenue generated, would you not want to be in the active role that you're in today? if it allowed you to just be the CEO and oversee everybody else. Some might say yes, and a lot of people say no. Most people say no with their actions. And the reason they say no is it's risky. What mm -hmm. you're doing now in your active role is a guarantee. And it's not a guarantee. It's a false guarantee. It's the who moved the cheese mindset. Yep. And so people choose not to take the risk because they think that what they have now will never go away. And they also don't want to have to become the person it requires to move from five figures to six and six to seven and seven to eight. And I think that's the biggest reason. Once you're making a million a year, you don't need more money. If you don't come for money and you make a million dollars, that's a lot, of especially money. in Omaha, Nebraska, dude, like I don't need a million dollars. I play pickleball. I can rent a court for $5 an hour. I play golf. It's a hundred bucks. I drive a truck. Like my life's pretty chill. What motivated me wasn't money per se. It was what money can do for other people. 
And I knew that if I didn't play at the highest level, a lot of other people's lives wouldn't be as enriched. And I don't mean that in a narcissistic way, but I knew that through my thought leadership and then my influence and the followers that I have, I could create a lot of massive change, which would help elevate them, which elevated me. And I'm a much better version of myself now for choosing to go the route I went. It has been costly in a lot of ways. Um, I've learned in life that my biggest wins were always after my biggest losses. And that it required huge steps backwards to be able to even start moving forwards again. But I could move further forward by being willing to go backwards. And that's hard for a winner. Going backwards is the worst. It's such an important point, though, to stop, pause, and emphasize that, right? Because people romanticize getting rich, becoming wealthy. Oh, they're so lucky. Oh, their life is so great. Uh, the pe- the people I know that are the wealthiest are the ones who have lost the most. They're the ones who have, you know, had so many challenging points in their journey that they have been to mental and physical hell to unlock the things that so many people romanticize and only see the outcome of. And and I think yeah. that's, you know, the the glorification of you know being successful as an entrepreneur and and people forget how much. You, I released a podcast a couple of days ago about the anatomy of a successful investor, and it went over almost every body part and, you know, kind of the, the symbolism of a characteristic that you need to embody, right? Eyes, having vision, foresight, blah, blah, blah. And one that stood out to me that I think is probably one of the most important is you have to have the stomach and the stamina to be mm-hmm. able to make it through the sleepless nights, all the times that you want to quit, all the times that your stomach is churning and in a knot because you have to fire somebody that you really care about. Like all of the hard, there's so many hard things. Well, dude, you can see me. I get emotional. I'm getting emotional because I know what I've been through. And if you don't believe it, you guys are listening. You're like, oh, easy for these guys. They make all this money. And now they can talk about how hard it was to get to the summit. A movie I absolutely love or a documentary a lot of you have probably seen, but if you haven't, go watch it. If you have, go watch it again is The Last Dance with Mm. Michael Jordan. So if you have a kid that says, I want to be Michael Jordan when I grow up, which who who wouldn't want to be Michael Jordan? He represents everything that everyone wants to be. Go watch the documentary after 10 episodes. Ask yourself, do you want to be Michael Jordan? And I think that if you saw what Maddie has built to become who Matt is today and what Jeff Cohn has built and anyone else around you successful, if there was a 10-episode documentary to show how we got here, a lot of people would probably say, never mind. I don't want to do it. I'm not interested anymore. So I actually have a fun practice. If, if someone ever asks me to lunch um, or dinner, happy hour, or whatever, I'll go with anyone that invites me, but I require them to read three books. Depending on the problems they have, I'll give them books that I think will help them solve their problems. Mm. And then I'll ask them to read the books and then I'll go out to lunch. I'll let them pay for lunch. I'll give them one hour of my time, but they have to read the books first. I've only had one person take me to lunch. They wouldn't read three books. So they had the hour to sit down and have lunch with me and pick my brain of thousands of books that I've read in thousands of hours and all this time, but they weren't willing to put in six hours of investing in themselves to sit down with lunch. I don't want to sit down with you if you're not willing to invest in yourself. I have no interest in using a biblical term of casting pearls before swine, which would be me sitting down at a lunch with someone that I know isn't going to do any of the things that I suggest because they're going to try to find an easier route. They don't believe it takes that route. They think that route was old-fashioned. There's a better way. There's an easier way. It also reminds me, there's a movie with Bradley Cooper, um, Invincible, I think it is, and there's a little blue pill. Limitless. What is it? Limitless. Limitless, thank you. And there's a great scene in there 
where he's getting yelled at by the person that he says, I've climbed every single wrong my entire life. I've climbed this ladder and you just come here and he's taking this illegal drug that's helped him become this like super investor. And I think about that for anything, anyone that plays at a high level, <clears throat> I would say even people who have inherited wealth that took it and doubled it or tripled it, they're playing at the same exact level. The reason we make excuses why they are lucky to be where they are. They have the genetics, they have the skin color, they have the religion, they have the city. The reason we make those excuses is we don't want to feel bad about ourselves. We don't want to believe that there was a path that we could have gone down that would have helped us get there that would have required a lot of pain. So instead of believing that, we have this fake truth that we tell ourselves, it's not possible for me to have that same result that Elon Musk had. So instead of going and doing all the things Elon did and Michael Jordan did and all these other successful people, I'm probably just going to go drink on the weekend and watch football and hang out and then talk about why successful people probably don't deserve to have the success that they have. And I know this is somewhat of a generality, but it is in essence the truth. And the reason that a lot of people hate successful individuals, and I've had a lot of haters myself, I'm kind to everyone. Love those that hate you. Um, keep your friends close, your enemies closer. I'm never mad at anyone. I'm happy. I'm always happy when people leave my world. I say, I'm, I'm going to miss you even when they're assholes to me because life's simply just too short. And I don't want to regret not treating everyone the way they deserve to be treated if they were a good human being. But at the end of the day, I just have this strong belief system that we have to show up as the leaders that we were intended to be. Um, a book that really stands out, it keeps calling me and I haven't said it, is The Five Regrets of the Dying. Yeah. Have you read that one? Yeah. I mean, that's that, that nurse that wrote that book. I, that was such a, that resonated with me so much. I said, there's no, no way I'm going to get to my deathbed and have any of those regrets. And, and that's the beauty of why I'm willing to put up with so much pain and all the failure is because those regrets are way more painful to me than all of the stressful nights that I've had going, how am I going to make that payment? That investment, I've got all this money. How am I going to get all that money out of yep. there? I have to fire this person and they've done you know, so many amazing yep. things for me and I care about them and I know their kids and their family, but we're just not a, like, I am, I am more attached to the fear of ending up on that mm -hmm. deathbed, looking and saying those things than yep. all of the other stuff that comes along with it. And if that resonates with you, then that is the type of mindset, right? That you have to push through and persevere through all of the challenges. Gary V um, just made a post out there. And I think this is why, because of the access of information that we've got now, and this is just more of a theory, but we become such an over-educated and over-informed and so enlightened you know, group of individuals. And yet there's so many people that are these career content consumers. I'm going to listen to so many podcasts. I'm going to read so many books. I'm going to go to so many events. But there's that disconnect of what they actually know and what they're actually integrating and implementing in their life that creates the lack of the outcomes and what they desire for themselves because they're not actually living and doing what it is that they're consuming. So I love to that you know, talk about that. The know is to do. Um, mm -hmm. I've got Yoda behind me. I don't know if you guys have noticed he's holding up a dictionary. I'm a huge friend of, uh, fan of words. I love words. I don't know what reason that is i play scrabble and i like words and i watch people's grammar oh, and and scrabble. don't you don't want to come oh, this way you know all the short <laughs> words i like to win with a long <laughs> word you get the extra 50 points so the point i was making before i want to loop back to this um on the heels of the five regrets of the dying which by the way you guys essentially this this doctor helps over 100 people in hospice and all these people start venting of all these regrets they have um what i wanted to say was the people that hate me don't hate me 
They hate what I represent in good ways, which is sad to me. They hate success because what success represents is that they weren't willing to take the same, make the same sacrifices and take the same risks and go up all those little rungs of a ladder like I was. So what I represent to them is their life's failure. They don't hate me. And this is what I've told myself. And maybe in some ways I am hating. Oh, I, I don't know. I 100% agree with this. I think they hate the fact that I was the one willing to risk the success. But I, there's so much context to why people choose to make those sacrifices. And my biggest reason, you see an American flag behind my back. My grandfather and his brother fought in World War II. And I, I'll get choked up. I always get choked up. But I'm going to share the story. It's applicable to right now. And it feels like I should. Um, they were part of, if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, when they're storming Omaha Beach, there yep. were sections. And I don't remember on Saving Private Ryan, I think they said section B. Whatever section it was, my grandpa was one mile from that section. Each section was a mile. So if it was B, my grandpa was C or A, I don't remember. And my grandpa shares a story, and I actually spoke this story at his funeral. And he said that any of the younger men that were 18 or younger that got hit and they were dying, they would yell, they would yell for their moms. And they would yell, mama, mama, help me, help me. And, you know, they'd pass. And then any of the men that were a little bit older that were overseeing everyone, they'd yell for God. And so they'd say, God, help me, you know, bless me, save me. My grandfather was a radio man and they would call in the bigger boats and find out where there were mines and where there weren't. And so they were a target. Anyone that has the communications on their back, they were shooting at them. So eight guys lived out of 32 in that one mile stretch because they were a target. And the only reason my grandfather lived was he caught a piece of shrapnel in his head which knocked him out face first on the sand. So the enemy thought he was dead. So the next day when they're picking up bodies, my grandpa was alive. That's why I'm here. And my grandpa said, just like in that movie, every single day of his life, he lived for the people that didn't make it. His life was all about living a big life for them. So then when you get caught up and I'm going to feel guilty that I have a fat stomach, yeah. you take that story and then you remember, you think about the fat stomach or I said something wrong or I drive a stupid car or I make a, a mistake. What are, what is our deal? Like, what is wrong with us? And then I've started to discover the more you are authentic, the more mistakes you do make the fact that I am willing to take the shirt off. It actually endears me to people. It makes totally. me different. And guess what? There are people that hate me because I'm so comfortable with myself because they're upset that they're not comfortable with themselves. It's not because they don't like me. Everyone, everyone loves, everyone me. loves Jeff Cohn. <laughs> I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, <laughs> dang it. People like me. So my last thing I want to say, man, I know we got to wrap is pick your heart. It's hard to be Michael Jordan. It's also hard to eat Twinkies and play Xbox all weekend for your entire life. And at the end of the day, when you look back on life, would you rather look back and have been Michael Jordan or the kid that ate Twinkies? You make your decision. The decision you're making now is your decision. And you can change today. It doesn't matter if you're 70. It doesn't matter if you're missing a leg. It doesn't matter where you come from, what color you are, what religion you are, where you live. Everybody can succeed at a higher level. We don't need to compete with anybody other than ourselves. And if we can improve and increase by 1% a day and become a better version every day, you are a success. No matter where the finish line is, if you get to yeah. that next false summit and every day you're striving to get to the next false summit, life is just a bunch of false summits. There's no finish line, gang. Yeah. It's interesting. One, that is one of the best stories I've ever heard you tell, by the way. I've never, you never told me that about your, your grandfather. And that, like, I don't break it out very often. That, that <laughs> choked me up a little. I, it truly gave me chills, right? Because there's, there's something powerful about the people who live the biggest and greatest lives, it's its something so far beyond themselves. Their why is so much bigger than themselves. And so I know we've heard that overused, right? You got to have your why, but it, that's a real emphasis on, you know, what that looks like. The, the other side of it too is 
I know what you just said to be a fact, one, because I've experienced it myself, and two, the people that I look around who are the most successful, they they won the inside job first, and then their external world started to reflect and, and to um, create what it is that that inside job was capable of achieving and attracting into its life. And and there's so many people I know that are way more talented than, and smarter and, and skinnier, 100%. wiser than people like you and I, but they haven't done the work inside to figure out those blocks that are preventing them from going out and creating more success for themselves. And so I think that is one right there. If you're somebody that's envious, jealous, right? And you're you're out there going you know, making excuses for why you can't do that or why somebody else did it. And because they did it because of this or that, like that right there should be your pause, stop. Let's Hmm. take a look in the mirror first and go, okay, that's immediately trigger number one that I got to do some work on myself. Now I want to, you, you've, you've had some dark moments in, in your journey. Um, and I know you have, you've taught me so much by being somebody that transparently and authentically shares the stuff that most people don't want to talk about and share. And so you can share whatever it is that you want, but I know a lot of people who have big success, who have big dreams and goals and are constantly chasing them also have downfalls in other areas of their life. And one, I'm curious for you, knowing that there's so many people that are charging hard on their goals, their wealth, their, you know, whatever it may be. it takes a toll on the relationships and yeah. you've gone through a divorce and you've shared some pretty amazing insights from that. Whatever you do want to share for those that may be struggling with a partner, a spouse, somebody that's mm-hmm. not supportive, somebody that they don't feel aligned or connected with anymore. What have been some of the, you know, the, the, the lessons that you've learned yeah. going through your divorce and how that's tied into your journey? Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are going to fill up fast And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. 
Yeah. And I know divorce is cliche because I feel like, you know, they say over 50% of people go through a divorce and the stats are staggering on your second marriage. I think it's 75%. And then your third, it's like 85% because it just gets easier once you've done it once. Yeah. Um, in Vietnam, we were, had a really in-depth conversation that you were a part of. I think there were four of us on the trail. I yeah. think it was you, me, David, and there was a fourth. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Ken. I can't remember. And we were just really talking about life and marriage and normal conversations that anybody has just about how things are going. And I just felt like I wasn't, my relationship wasn't what I wanted it to be. And for anyone that's a high achiever, you're not satisfied with just one garden being the best. You want everything the best, the best body, the best team, the best company, the best pickleball stroke, you know, everything, you want everything to be the best. Yeah. And my marriage wasn't the best and you can't have the best of everything, right? You have to settle with probably the best you can do if you're going to do all of it. Mm -hmm. um, Gary Keller talks about that in the one thing. You can't be the best at everything, uh, but you can focus on all things and try to become a, a version that you can accept. The marriage was never one that I accepted. Uh, it never was enough. I have the most amazing ex-wife. I never talked bad about her. There's nothing wrong with her. There's definitely a lot wrong with me because I always wanted more. And mm -hmm. we got therapy. We read the books. I applied the things as much as I could. And I'm sure at the end of the day, it was 89% me and 11% her, probably 99% me, 1% her. But we made it 19 years. Uh, we had three beautiful kids. We're still friends. She lives less than a mile from me. Um, I always feel like I'm going to support her and be a part of her life. And I want to be. Um, but we chose to not stay married. And it was a mutual decision. It's really hard not staying married. So I'll say right now, a lot of people say, best decision I ever made. And I got three great kids out of it. I've never acted that way. I've never talked like that way. Um, it's hard to be married. It's also hard to not be married. Um, being alone, we chose to go with an every other week plan with the kids. Living with my, pa my parents till I was 18. I left when I graduated high school. The summer I graduated, I went to college. Um, had roommates in college. Went to Brazil on a mission trip. Had roommates on my mission trip. Came home, lived with my parents for a few months. Then I had roommates again. Then I got married really young. I was 22 and we had kids right out of the gate. I never really lived alone. So I went my whole life until a year and a half ago, living with someone, um, living with my kids, of course, the last 20, sleeping in a bed with my, my ex and having the kids at home. Even when you're not engaging them, they're still more present than I think I was actually self-aware of. And I'm a deep thinker. You guys have heard me talk today. I am this guy. Like I'm not pretending like I'm something. This is me. And I spent five years thinking, man, I, I think I need to get divorced. Like, I don't think this is going to, I don't think I'm going to be fulfilled. I think I'm going to look back on that bed if I make it to 80 and I'm going to regret staying in the marriage. And that just kept eating at me and eating at me, even while I was trying to make things work. And so we pulled the trigger. I moved out a year and a half ago and it's been hard just being flat out honest. I, it's not easy. It's hard. Half my time, I don't have my kids and everyone thinks when people get divorced, oh, they're out getting crazy and living their college days again. I never had college days for one, but that's not who I am. Like I am probably doubling down on my golf game and my pickleball game and probably filling some of these buckets I didn't have the time to fill when I had my kids. And I'm having some fun. I'm not trying to be horrible about it or like act like I have regrets. All I want to make sure I say is no matter what decision you make, make the decision and make it, make it right. Um, you know, I got divorced and now I can't look back and say, I wished I had stayed together, but I will say it's not easy. So if you are at that point in your relationship with someone and you're asking, you know, is it time for me? I'm feeling just like Jeff. I would say do not get divorced. My suggestion is stick it out a little longer. Same thing in a business relationship. Same, same thing with, unless it's something that's actually hurting you, like abuse or, you know, yeah, um, yeah, substance right. abuse or addiction, yeah. get rid of that. But if it's something where it's like, maybe it can work, the best time ever to make it work is now. It's not after you get divorced or after you break the business relationship or blow it up. 
I would say, give it one more year. Give, and that's what I tell anyone that asks for advice. Say, give it one more year. What's one more year? I did yeah. that for five years. Um, another trick, and not to get away from this, you can do a follow-up in a second, but another strategy or, I don't know, pattern I've used in my life is anytime I want to make a decision, like, Matt, let's say you really offended me and I'm going to send a text to you and I'm going to let you know you hurt my feelings and you offended me and you need to know. I always give it one week because I think we all go through this like emotional cycle. Things are going on. Our hormones change. And every time in my whole life, except my divorce, that I said, I'm going to give this a little bit of time and I think I'm going to change my mind. The divorce is the only thing I ended up doing. Most of the things that I say, I want to go do this thing and I'm re- you know, acting, react, overreacting yeah. or acting emotionally, I change my mind. I don't send the email. I don't send the text. I don't say the thing because I give myself some, some time to self-actualize and really ask myself, is this my fault? And the marriage is my fault. I mean, everything is your, in your control. Um, but I didn't want to put in the work that it was going to require. I didn't want to become the person it was going to require to have the marriage that I wanted. Just like we talked about with the business applicant, talk about being authentic. I wasn't willing to be the person it would have required for me to have the relationship that I wanted. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Mm. So if my ex is watching, there you go. That's oh. why we got divorced. <laughs> I love it. Love you. <laughs> I, lo- I love how transparent you are, right? Because people would always, you know, probably skate over some PC answer and, and yours are always real. And that's one of the reasons why I love you. I, what, what, are you, what are you trying to teach your, your boys right now? What, what are you trying to, you know, show your kids and, and where, yeah. where are you evolving right now? And we can talk, I want to talk about who do you need to become to get to that, you know, nine figure man, but like yeah. personally, where, Always, where are you playing full out right now to, to show everything? You? So I have my, my son, Levi is 14 going on 21. He <laughs> just finished rich dad, poor dad. He just finished. Can't hurt me. Um, he has the one thing on his list. He, I give him all my favorite books and the things that have changed my life. All my kids got a five regrets of the dying last year. And I, I like wrote a really cute message in there and just said, you know, I want you guys to be happy and live your best lives. And this was a, a book that helped me recognize what's important and what's not. I'm really big on being yourself. So like our kids get in trouble and the traditional parent would be mad that their kid, as an example, my kids haven't necessarily done this, but let's say they come home drunk one night, or let's say you find a beer can in their car and they're 20 years old, 18 years old. Yeah. In no way am I mad. And I hope they don't listen to this episode. I'm actually happy that they're choosing a path that they know I disagree with because they're pursuing the life that they want. Now, again, if it's a destructive, abusive, risky, illegal, I'm going to try to shy against away against those things. But I want my kids to each be independent thinkers. I want them to be entrepreneurs. We've never asked our children what they want to be when they grow up. We've always asked them what kind of businesses they want to own. Businesses, plural. What kind of businesses would you like to own when you grow up? We've never asked, what are you going to be? That's a great question. Thanks. Um, I love my kids. I'm authentic with them. I talk to them like adults because they're, they're practically adults. And kids these days, I think, are a lot more grown up than young when we were kids. And you know, time is everything. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. So mm. people are shown love in different ways, but everyone wants T-I-M-E with their parents. Um, your daughters want to be with mom. Your, your sons want to be with dad. And they all want to know you care about them. They all want you to check in on them. And so going through a divorce obviously magnifies the time I have with them as half the time. So I have to give them double my time when I have them in my world. But there's a lot of ways to show love. If you say, hey, well, my kids are off in college or, you know, I'm divorced and I live in a different state and you make all these excuses why you can't be in your kids' lives. FaceTime, 
Oh, Are you kidding me? They have design matter. technology where you can push a button and in two seconds see someone anywhere in the world. So BS, you can't have a relationship. Like if you're dating someone, you're FaceTiming. You're 100%. Texting, you're snapping. Like you can totally have a relationship. And just little little touches. And I tell people like, if you're a really alpha dad, like you don't know how to connect with your kids, just a text out of the blue, hope you're having a good day. That means that's not hard, guys. Thinking of you, Maddie. Yeah. Thinking of you. Yeah. Wow. That was cute. Like how sweet. That's so easy. It's yeah. so easy. It's free and it takes hardly any time. It takes self-awareness to get that result that you're looking for. So I would say that's probably where I focused most of my energy with the kids. I am very self-aware. Last thing, family boardroom. There was a book in Go Abundance that was recommended. It's like it 70 feels. pages. And the whole idea behind it is you, you know, you have your boardroom with your companies you meet every month. Why aren't you having a board meeting with your kids and just spend three hours a month with each person in your life? It could be your parents, it could be your friends, but spend two or three hours with just that one person. Put your phone away, not even in your pocket. Say, hey, hon, look how much I care about you. You know, I'm addicted, which I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not addicted, but it's my whole life. Yeah. And so I say, I'm in airplane mode and I'll even give the phone. My son loves, oh, here, here's my phone. And then give them the day, let them choose what you want to do. And what you find is that in that moment, they see you in a different light and they open up in a way they normally wouldn't and share things with you at a deep level, which is the bond that a parent and a child or a friend, a mom and a dad, whatever, um, that's, that's what you're looking for. So if you want to create those moments, you can be intentional about how you show up. So good. Okay. So before I ask you on who you need to become to unlock that nine figure status. Yeah. You've got an amazing podcast for anybody that wants to get granular and dialed in on systems, on wealth building. You know, I'm not a big uh, proponent of driving anyone away from the Millionaire Mindcast, but if there was one podcast that I would say, add a um, second it, one, it, it, would, it would be my brother Jeff Cohn's podcast. So, Let's go. Um, if they want to learn more about you, the podcast, the events that you throw, coaching, all that kind of stuff, what's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, you guys, thank you, Maddie. Uh, grow with ERS. ERS stands for Elite Real Estate Systems, like the hat I'm wearing, if you're watching. Uh, growwithers.com, you can get everything. We have tons of free content. Our typical schlick, like what we talk about, what our whole thing is, is helping people become CEOs and help them partner in joint ventures in mortgage, title, insurance, um, investing services. And then we coach to that. We hold people accountable. We do lead generation. Um, it's not just for teams and brokerages in the residential sector. We actually partner with mortgage people that are running mortgage companies, title companies, insurance companies, investment companies. Um, our big focus on the investment side is single family residential. So we're not competing against what Matt does. And I would say the same thing to my audience. Matt just came on my show a couple of weeks ago and I would point people to your podcast. So I appreciate you doing that. Growwithers.com. We have a big event this summer. Matt actually went to it a few years ago and yeah. spoke. So we need to exchange dates and see if we can make that work again. But it's in September of 2024. So growwithers.com. You can grab event tickets for upcoming events. We just got done with a virtual boot camp. We sell modules and all sorts of other fun stuff. Yeah, really, really great value for anybody that wants to. Jeff's just one of you, you. You guys truly are one of the best, if not the best, in terms of the systems, the the value, the platforms that you guys have dialed in. So um, feel free to check that out. We'll link it all up on Jeff's episode, millionermycast.com. All right, brother. As we wrap up, first and foremost, you know, I love you. I love every conversation we have all the time that you and I have spent together and all the amazing memories we've made and are going to make going forward. That being said, I know you're somebody that's very aware. And based on what it is that you're moving towards, you're very strategic in what you're working on. So knowing what you're working on, 
who are you needing to become and what is the areas that you're focusing on? And like tactically, what are you doing to step into being that person? Uh, really great question. I would say I've grown more in the last three years than I have my entire life combined. Wow. That says a so lot. So the last 36 months and I've been through everything. So divorce, I've lost a few key people that were friends and employees. Um, we've just gotten done doing a reorganization of our company where we took all of our verticals that were all separate LLCs and combined them to create one holding company that owns hundred percent of all those LLCs. And that was a capital raise play. So we could move into the venture capital or private equity world, as well as self-funding through friends and family. Um, I need to become a billionaire CEO. So Harvard business school, and I say it with a smile, but ultimately I need to be as smarter, smarter than the people that would go through that experience. And I've done that by surrounding myself with individuals that also play at a high level at that nine figure income level. And so, you know, your closest five friends are going to define what your net worth is when you pass the people that you spend time with, that's who you're going to be. That's who you're going to be like. And so we have great people, um, both from my C-suite, we've got, you know, COO, CFO, CMO, CAIO. We just hired a chief AI officer just to do AI integration across all the verticals, which has that's been badass. really cool. It's incredible. The stuff that that's doing. I know everyone talks about it, but we're actually applying it. And attorneys, we have the best attorneys in the world, um, the most expensive as well. But I have an attorney for pretty much anything. Um, so just surrounding ourselves by people that are working with people in that nine-figure realm, who've seen nine-figure exits and have helped build nine-figure companies. Really easy to build something if someone's already built it. So instead of just guessing, having it be a guessing game, having somebody that has some proven processes and systems. But what we're building is actually not that hard because we built it already for ourselves. The challenge is just applying now what I had said earlier, what, which is what got you to where you are isn't going to get you to where you want to go. We ultimately want to create a thousand of what we already created in Omaha. Mm. So we want to create a thousand more pods that are you know, real estate brokerages or teams that have the mortgage title insurance and property management and investments attached to it. But instead of us keeping 100% of the profit, we know we can't do it alone. We want to partner with people 50-50. So we're partnering with real estate brokerages, mortgage companies, title companies, insurance companies and providing them all those other verticals to drive additional profit. So while everyone's hurting right now, this is the best time ever that somebody could partner with us because we're able to increase their profit and then help them build wealth by having ownership tied into all those other verticals that have always been parallel to their industry. They just haven't had the, the space or scope of uh, ability to be able to apply those yeah. ancillary businesses to their already existing vertical. And we do all of this without taking ownership of your already existing company. So all of our competitors that you could call competitors in the space, they take profit margin up to like half a million dollars, or they take 50% of equity. We take zero of your existing business. We're just there to help you add additional revenue beyond what you're already doing yourself by adding right. all of these other verticals. Well, guys, if you guys want more information on that, all the links will be tied to Jeff's episode, millionermindcast.com. You guys can reach out, check out all the great stuff because there's a lot there. Uh, that being said, Jeff, I love you, brother. You are definitely someone who has brought so much value to my life, transformed my life in a lot of ways that you know about and probably don't even know about. Um, but having people like you, you know, leading in uh, industries and spaces uh, gives me a lot of hope for what the future looks like. And we appreciate you coming on the show today. Love being on the show. Thank you. Hope I showed up authentic after my opening professional introduction. <laughs> oh, you killed it. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're also gonna get entered in to win a $100 gift card. 
Don't forget to share this episode out with somebody else that may need to hear it or may get some value from what was talked about in today's interview. And for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey, you want to unlock more financial freedom, you want to get more time back, or maybe you just want to level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to MillionaireMindcast.com and check out all the amazing products and resources that we have for our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, downloads and checklists, the Rich Life Planner for those of you looking to take your goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great, valuable tools. So be sure to check those out at MillionaireMindcast.com. And last but not least, if you're not on my weekly text letter and you want to be the first to know of exclusive updates and offers in addition to behind the scenes access to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing that I'm investing in, be sure to join by texting the word notes to 844-447-1555. With that being said, thanks for listening today. Until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.